Welcome to the Curious Creators Podcast, the place which allows you to explore your imagination, creativity, and listen to expert insights from the world of art and design. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Paul Jones, and I'm a lecturer here at Wrexham Glyndore University. I teach on the MA suite of programs, together with being program leader for the BA Fine Art Program. It's with great pleasure that we welcome Chloe Goodwin and Ryan Sanders to our podcast today. Chloe is a graduate of the BA Fine Art Program, attaining her award in 2019, and later becoming a graduate artist in residence at the university. Ryan graduated from BA Fine Art in 2020 and also holds a Future Leaders Award. Chloe and Ryan are both currently studying on the MA in Curative Production and Curatorial Practice. Today we're going to be talking about Chloe and Ryan's engagement with the curation of the Dispensary Gallery, an artist researcher space based on our Regent Street campus. We're also going to be talking about how they're examining their practice of curation and creative production pre and post COVID-19. So let's start with a few questions about your experience on the VA Fine Art Programme and how it shaped the way you understand art practice. Uh, So like you said, we're on the Fine Art Programme and I think um, I can speak for us both when I say that we developed our art practice to be very context specific and very site specific uh, with the impact of um, materials and place on our work and how it's curated. And I think that sort of drove us in the direction of where we are now to be interested in curation and almost the organisation of our own artworks sort of started us off with that journey. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we, we in second year, we as, as part of the modules, there are two people or one person picked to coordinate the the third years at the Times de Grisha. And we were both picked in our separate years to take part in that. And I think that's, you know, a massive, it's a massive part of our journey, I suppose, in the sense of we both got to have a kind of curatorial role. We were able to organise and, I suppose, manage a team, which would have been our students or the people on our year, and we were able to kind of get that clipboard power trip of we get to kind of dictate what happens within the degree show prep. So we were, you know, painting the walls. We were also stuck in, but we were painting the walls, getting all the stuff ready, making sure that the artists were um, on track to have their work finished by the time the degree show was ready. Um, but I mean, it kind of, particularly for me in my third year, it really kind of shot up in from from having that, that opportunity as a coordinator because my work suddenly became very curatorial, I suppose. Mm-hmm. It was very much a selection and organisation of works based on texture, material, history, context, you know, whatever you could think of as a small detail that came with a material or a piece of work that was taken into account in the kind of the placement and the, yeah, as, as Chloe's mentioned, like the site specificity of it. And, if, you know, I think we were both like that. And that's really kind of benefited us massively yeah. because it's allowed us to have those kind of tools and those little eyes for things already before think, even stepping into it. I think it gives you that almost level of confidence mm. as well. Yeah. You know, people have trust in you to lead the to lead the students and yeah. the, you know, the running of the show. And, you know, when it works out, you've, it's almost like you feel like this sense of achievement because there's a show at the end of it that you've basically run and 
led up to each step by step, you've put it together. So and an, I think it's an yeah. incredibly rich learning. Yeah, no, for sure. I think definitely I mean, you're in your for second me. year, aren't you? Exactly, definitely like for me. Second year is like a you, you've gone from first year, and you may be quite you're quite new. You're quite you're still really shaping that thought of art and those questions that are being asked in, in lectures and in essays, you're still really questioning what it is you picture as kind of your practice, your art. And then in second year, you're thrown into this almost secondary dimension of curating and coordinating and, and taking almost a leadership role. And then when, as you've mentioned, that satisfaction of when you've put on a show, that's, you know, that's a real kind of, it's a real kick. There's a real kind of, we did this. Mm-hmm. And there's like a, a high five moment of we put on a we put on an exhibition, yeah. And that's that's crazy for me. Then going into third year, with that satisfaction and really pushing it onto a next thing. Yeah, I uh, think you see the artist in the position as well that you're going to be in the next mm, year. Yeah, and it's very much setting yourself up for well, that's what I'm doing next year. I am going to be in that position, and you almost, I think it helps to change your thinking a bit more as well, especially being in the leadership mm. role. And knowing all the stresses of it and all that's asked of you, I think it really helps to get you in the mindset of, I am making work for an exhibition now. And I think it drives you to do better and sort of really narrow down your practice of what you really want to say. Fantastic. I mean, let's talk about, you know, the experience of... of, of of the dispensary dispensary galleries, particularly, you know, you were invited to become part of the curatorial committee for this. And Ryan, when you were still in your third year on the BA program, and Chloe, when you were you were a graduate artist at that point, um, you were a graduate artist in residence. Uh, give the listeners a little overview of your initial involvement, and then we can talk a little bit about how the developments of this, uh, where you begin to steer the curatorial programs for the gallery. I mean, so as you've mentioned kind of you approached me on this um early february time i think it was maybe about joining the committee and immediately it was kind of a right i'm going to take part in this because mm-hmm. it was another it was another coordinating degree show type scenario and it was another chance to start exposing myself i suppose in a selfish way to international artists and professional people and to get myself into that circle of talking to these people that are suddenly going to become contacts and are suddenly going to come, you know, these real, I suppose, branches into that world. Um, and we started reading proposals who had kind of artists who had proposed for the space and proposed to put their work in our unique space within Regent Street. And it was, f- and we'd given them the, you know, very specific dimensions as to the space because it's a very small, unique little area. And it was extremely interesting to see one who was attached to Glindor and who had kind of noticed this call out and also to see how they'd use the space to see what they were going to do with it because we are very kind of well I like to watch people break the space and I like to watch people really kind of not almost use it as a storage container but really take it to that next level so hearing about people who were kind of I mean they were physicians weren't they Mm -hmm. there was like I can't remember what they were, but scientists who who would kind of create these beautiful ceramics that they'd like um, imprinted their kind of calculations on these ceramics and they were going to sit in the space on multiple levels. And, you know, reading through that was kind of an exposure. I mean, I was in third year, so I hadn't written my dissertation yet. 
and seeing how people were talking about their practice was kind of helpful on a whole nother level. Um, and, you know, we had a chance to read these proposals and read how people were proposing for spaces mm -hmm. and read how they had to kind of create these almost like party pitches so that when you read them, you know, as I suppose as a, as a reader of proposals, you don't want to necessarily read four or five pages of, of practice. So having these concise but, you know, rich, full of information type proposals was, was great for us. Yeah. Um, so, so I was just thinking about this idea. So you're being introduced to how artists will propose for a show in a way within while you're still a student mm -hmm. yeah. on, a, on a BA cast and also for Chloe, who was graduate uh, yeah. um, resident at that time. I mean, Chloe, can you tell us a little bit about the space itself and the uniqueness of that space? Yes, yeah, so it's the um, basically in the entryway of the uni and it stems from the origins of the building as an infirmary in Wrexham. And that's where the name comes from, the dispensary, because it was Wrexham infirmary and dispensary back in over, over... It's 1813 yeah, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18, or something like that, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, it's a very unique space. It's a set of windows and a set of drawers and cupboards. Mm. Um, and... It's one of those spaces that you've really got to work with as an artist, and I think it's a it's a challenge for all those that are sort of involved with it of how we can sort of navigate the space as a gallery when it's an untraditional space itself. And we, you know, we have expanded it to a larger space with the office behind it, but the main the main piece itself is these windows and these drawers and, yes. you know, these little cupboards. I mean, what's fascinating is that, so you were part of the, 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 the curatorial committee and you were seeing these amazing artist researchers' proposals coming through and you, you started to build up a, 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 a kind of selection process for, mm -hmm. for these. And you had a series of artists set up mm -hmm. for, yeah. for exhibition. Um, one of them was lucky enough to, to exhibit, which was Guy Mayman. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly we have COVID lockdown yeah. and we're not allowed to have, you know, any, any exhibitions open, et cetera. The yeah, school gets closed down um, and we're all on online teaching. So what happens then? You know, what, 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 what did you, how did you kind of go forward from that? Well, I think we obviously with the initial shock of the situation, obviously no one really knew what yeah. was going on. We were told it was going to be a three-week thing. And right. as we all know, it clearly wasn't. <laughs> um, and I think initially there was sort of a, okay, well, we'll sort of let it sit. You know, if it's only three weeks, we'll wait, and then we'll be back, and we'll get in touch with these artists, put on these physical exhibitions. I think we were getting in, we'd got in touch with two of them yeah. that we were having lined up. And then obviously things started developing in other countries, oh, we can't travel, mm. we can't get from, you know, I'm stuck in, I think it was Israel, this artist yeah, was. Yeah. And um, so we were like, okay, we'll just let it sit and, you know, settle down. We didn't really know what was coming. I mean, I was still finishing my BA. Yeah. So I was literally in the heat of like setting up for almost my exhibition. I was I was in that stress period of what the hell am I going to put up? How, how big is it going to be? I was in the studio right up until they kicked us out. Yeah kind of making these huge huge sculptural works and then suddenly you you know 
right, I'm at home in a single room and I've got to start making stuff. So I was in two kind of mindsets. I was sitting there going, you know, oh, I really wanted to work with these artists. They'd just replied. It was like, great, we're going to start putting these things on, having these more in-depth conversations. And then I was also, right, I've got to make work. Yeah. And it was kind of this, there was that period of time where we were in a uneasy kind of position. Mm -hmm. But I mean, once I'd finished my degree show and we'd had, I don't know whether it was before or after, where we turned around and was like, we've got to do something with these yeah, artists. I think it was afterwards. I think before we broke up though, if I can say broke up, forced to leave, <laughs> um, we were having discussions about how we were going to do this yeah. degree show online if necessary. Mm -hmm. We were talking about this con contingency plan of 3D mapping the studio spaces yeah. um, and how we were going to sort of cope with it and the possibilities of online. And I think, obviously, as we weren't able to return to the studios and to the building, when we put on Anti-Show, which was the online degree show of that year, I think that really helped us and stemmed into the idea of moving online See. And we'd started to see other galleries do it because we'd realised, you know, this wasn't going to be a couple of months sort of thing. Mm. We were sort of in this for the long run. Oh, for sure. I mean, um, you know, look what it became type scenario. Exactly. But it's anti-show had a real, I suppose now looking at it, had a real impact because we had chance to experiment with platforms. Yeah on the basis of showing physical works. Mm -hmm. You know, there was nobody on my year who was doing necessarily, other than maybe Kevin, who was doing animations. We didn't really have digital artists. We didn't have artists that were building works in these platforms already. So we had to kind of really adapt and we looked at Instagram as a form, uh, you know, as a platform and a formula to, I suppose, put together a degree show. Mm -hmm. And that gave us a real, a real shot at, I suppose, curating that, that three by that one by three kind of row yeah, yeah. and how we were gonna you know how do you take photos of your work so that it is fully represented how do you explain your statements if that's a, you know if that's applicable to your work yeah so before we'd even stepped into this kind of transition for the dispensary we were already doing it and we were already sitting there i mean we kind of had main roles in that i think and we were quite like I mean, I remember being very much like, we could do this, we can do this with the Instagram. Like, there's a way of yeah. getting a hashtag that that able to, you know, get everybody to access it all. The the audience we can reach through this is beyond our belief and beyond our imagination. Mm -hmm. So if we can if we can tap into this as an institution, let alone as individuals, we're onto something. Yeah. So those kind of tools and tactics and frameworks that we were using already was a simple transition into then what we did with the dispensary. Yeah. So you had the idea of the Instagram becoming a kind of exhibition yeah. area. Yeah. I think we used that as our, you know, we've always used that as our main platform. I think we found with the anti-show that Facebook was very much a place to connect with family mm. and right. friends. Um, Twitter was harder to sort of uh, get yourself out there. Mm with even using hashtags people don't follow hashtags as much on twitter as they do instagram mm -hmm. but instagram is almost like the artist's space it is visuals and it is you know networking and i think we saw a huge growth in audience from that and specifically at the time with um connecting to other universities and other students and basically everyone having to do their degree show that way on instagram 
I think that really helped to build a network for us as well. I see. So you have this idea, you've got this group of artists that you really want to show. Yeah be part of they can't do it physically mm-hmm. and you've got this idea of using instagram as a as a kind of way of kind of yeah presenting work so what happens kind of what where, where when you and the anti-show is an idea as an idea mm-hmm. as a as a maybe a framework mm-hmm. yeah so what what how do you start developing this so i think we basically started just um like embellishing the social media that we already had that existed mm-hmm. and um, really for the dispensary. Work. Yeah, yeah, for the dispensary. So we had a website, so we had to basically decorate the website. We had to format the website mm-hmm. and, you know, actually put it to use. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Instagram as well, you know, we created a bio and a profile picture. And I think we might have changed the username to be something more recognisable yeah. yeah, and right. yeah. to sort of latch onto the brand. Mm-hmm. And I think we started that out by explaining what it was and what was going on. So we showed the space and we showed our sort of aims and what the gallery was. Mm-hmm. And we showed Guy's physical exhibition online yes. just to give a little taster of what was to come. And then we sort of had to look towards how we were going to get these artists involved. I think we started discovering... I think it was the White Cube who started off by interviewing their staff. So they would post some images. I think it was on their story. They actually did it. It was almost like, what is your favorite artwork? Uh, What's Mm. the best exhibition you've been involved in? What's your role here at the White Cube? And I think that sort of led us to the idea of what became the interview series. I see. Um, a way that we could get these artists involved. But I think we always had this thought in our mind that Instagram wasn't really a place for physical artwork. Mm. And I think we took it away then from the artwork itself and more towards the art practice and what they had to say. Yeah, I mean, Instagram, you know, if, if you looked at the history of Instagram, Instagram is a place for memories, photos, uh, social interaction mm-hmm. it's not a place for the exhibition of works that have physical qualities yeah you know if, if you if you perhaps are a photographer of, or well no probably just a photographer really then instagram could work with you depending on your kind of scale and your dimensions of those photos um and we kind of i mean we sat there and we just like we've got to do something with these artists more yeah. on the basis that you know we had nothing to do but also, we had been speaking to these people and we'd spoken to, you know, m- multiple members of staff and we just kind of, we've got to do something with yeah. them. Yeah. And there's got to be a way that they can get something out of it while waiting for their exhibition. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know, they've I mean, got... What's, what's, sorry, what's no. really fascinating is that, you know, you're seeing, okay, Instagram, you know, has a certain type of aesthetic and certain type of quality yeah. and is attracted to certain type of things. But... Okay, it's very easy to start saying, okay, I'm going to photograph an image and just put it up online, yeah. etc. You know, but you wanted to do something a bit, bit more deeper than it. You wanted yeah. to kind of have a bit more kind of um, the the notion in your um, interview series is about artists talking about practice mm-hmm. and also the impact of COVID mm. on their practice as well. Is yeah. that right? So this yeah. this is something. It's kind of adding an extra layer and an extra kind of understanding of how artists mm. operate and how they make work. Yeah. yeah. 
as well as kind of presenting their work and how how things affect them in the world. Yeah. I mean, we're we're an artist researcher space. Right. We right. don't just present work, and I think that's something that's that's been key throughout all of our projects now, is that there isn't just the display of work. There mm-hmm. is something deeper. There is there's something being explored, whether it be curatorially or as an artist. We needed something more, and I think for me personally, I wanted to know more. And I wanted, you know, I didn't want artists to kind of join our platform and just post a picture of their work and then kind of leave. That felt very disconnected. It felt very kind of um, unemotional. There's nothing really there. But at the same time, we also didn't want people to kind of talk about how because the shops were shut, they couldn't get paint. That is a realistic kind of restriction that was placed upon us as yeah. artists, the, you know, the acquisition of materials. What I wanted personally, and I think Chloe did as well, was for artists to say, okay, so we couldn't get paint, but this is what we did instead. Yeah, we wanted the positive spin on... We didn't want people to almost mention COVID. Yeah. Obviously, oh, right. we were going to get yeah, mentions, we but we wanted it in the most positive way possible. You know, we were stuck in a time where everything did seem quite negative. Yeah. We wanted to be motivational in a sense. Right. We wanted to inspire yeah. those people, those students, those other artists that were stuck in their homes and couldn't really do what they yeah. were doing before. But these artists were showing how you can adapt and how you can, you know, take it as an opportunity to expand. Yeah. It's almost like what can you use in your house, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, I very much had to do it. <coughs> where basically, because I made such large-scale work, suddenly it had to be very small. Yeah. Right. And how you you maintain those those kind of concepts and, and material qualities within a smaller scale. And, you know, we had artists who ended up using their bath, and we had artists who suddenly started going outside and looking in the parks when we started to open up into kind of parks. You know, there was an artist who looked at the change in rubbish, how it went from crisps to masks and gloves, and the and the you know the the works she made based on that were kind of beautiful, weren't they? They yeah. were you know crazy stuff, and it was it's about it being a reference to other artists who mm-hmm. are sat at home, sitting there and going because I'm not in my studio that suddenly enables all my practice. I can't do anything at home. Yeah. It's how can we how can we shift ourselves as artists, which we always do. Yeah, you know, no matter what it is. How can we keep going? Yeah, how, how do we keep That's producing right. work? Yeah. And how do we maintain those concepts and those, you know, those, um, yeah, like material qualities, isn't it? Yeah. And adapting. Yeah. Adapting to yeah. situations. I mean, so so you have a series of artists that are interested in, in um, being interviewed yeah. and showing the work. So, I mean, how did you go about doing that? Did you get them to record something for you? Did you kind of ask them questions? Yes, yeah, so initially we had the... I think we had two artists who were interested in being involved in the interview series that were um, set up to exhibit physically. So we first got in touch with them to set up something. So they were, I think, I think they were the first two artists, if I'm Yeah, correct. yeah, they are. Um, and then, obviously, we couldn't stick at just two. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted it to be a little bit longer than that. So we put out a call on Curator Space. And I think that really blossomed during this time as well as a platform for opportunity it was almost the hub of finding things to get involved in as an artist 
And it was so easy to get involved with so many things across the country, across the globe in some cases. You know, we had international artists come over and say, we want to get involved in your project. Wow. We had so many, I think it was overwhelming the amount of submissions we had and yeah. we really weren't expecting it. Something like 70 in the end. It was silly, ridiculous. Yeah. Fantastic. And Fantastic. The, the way we sort of narrowed it down was by positivity mm. and by... Um, Just the know. way they spoke about their work. Yeah. And yeah. it was kind of not in a... <clears throat> not in a quality cro- quality control sense, but in a sense of just as peop- as artists, the way we were reading it. Yeah. We wanted that like inspiration. Yeah. We wanted I, that t- that kind of confidence in the adaptability. Yeah, and I think it was very much focused on how they adapted. <coughs> and you know, we didn't want like Ryan said, we didn't want just I couldn't go to the shops sort of interview because it's sure. it's a little bit shallow and it doesn't really offer much motivation but it was oh i did this before and now i do this Mm. it was how they changed and what they offered to us you know each interview is so different Mm. and basically they conducted it by we would get in touch saying you know we would like you to be involved in some cases we would ask for a little bit more Mm. So if they maybe didn't answer any of some of our questions that we asked, it would be, can you tell us a little bit more about how you adapted your practice um, or how you did this or how did you did that? Mm-hmm. And then they would get involved again. You know, they'd get in touch with us and we would email them saying, you know, thank you. We want you to be involved with our project. And then we would send across, I think we had five questions. We would send them across the questions and then they would either respond in a video or in a piece of written text. You know, we wanted to be... We gave them all the options. Yeah. Yes. I think there was a, you know, there's a lot of artists that perhaps were sat and didn't really want to kind of video themselves. Yeah. We weren't in a position of, you know, the entire world wasn't in a position of kind of utmost confidence in themselves where we, you know, we were stuck at home type scenario. So it was, you know, if, if you want to write a Word document, that's fine by us. We can yeah. facilitate that. You want to make a video, we can facilitate that. Yeah. Like, we, we will be, you make it in the way you want to make it because, you know, even in our modules, there's that option. You don't have to write, you could make a presentation, you could yes. make a, you know, a video, a performance. However, you have that option. We will facilitate whatever it is you throw back at us. Yeah. And, you know, if it answers the questions and there's like a, there's a, you know, I suppose a flow in whatever we produce or, or they produce. That's fine by us. So, yeah. the, so the interview series, you know, okay, so it had a various different types of output, yeah. whether that was text-driven, yeah. whether it was video, whether mm-hmm. it was just an audio. Mm. I mean, that's what we wanted. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, particularly for Instagram, not many people interact with writing. So what we had to do is we had to work a way around kind of presenting writing mm-hmm. and being able to kind of produce stuff that was perhaps videos so it's, it, I'm, I'm quite happy with what we ended up producing in the yeah. sense of we had a, a variety of videos texts and you know a couple of artists sent us over a transcript which was literally a script right yeah so so we have a 
you know, a text format of, of basically a script that's quite been given to us. Yeah, 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 yeah. quite performance-based. So, yeah. But with some, obviously, we wanted it to be quite accessible. Mm-hmm. So, yes. our, yeah, our main platform was Instagram, but you can't post that much text on Instagram. So we did have to basically home it all on our website. Yes, and link it to our Instagram. So you did have to go to a third party to read the whole interview. Just for the uh, the listeners, can you just, what is what is the in, uh, the website? Uh, dispensarygallery.wordpress.com, I think. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Just to, so we can have no, yeah. context yeah. of that. I mean, we ended up putting kind of a gallery, I suppose, section on the website, which yeah. housed, you know, th- I think we asked for six photos. Yeah, I think it was six images from each artist, unless... Right. There was a reason that they would have. We need, yeah, we needed some attachment from the writing to the work. Yeah, and although we'd spoken about how we didn't want to just put physical works online, the pictures weren't the main thing. Yeah, and that was something that we kind of really reinforced when we were t- when we've spoken to people about it. Is you will see pictures of works, mm-hmm. and a lot of them will be physical, mm-hmm. but they're more for you to reference yeah it is more they're of more a of a reference, reference isn't it? Right. and i think you know the way instagram it works and the way it operates you have to have visual mm. you have to have some sort of imagery to attach your text to and i think obviously people are attracted to visuals yeah, absolutely that's so, what yeah, that's the first thing that grabs exactly you, yeah. yeah so we use that as almost a gripping yeah agent and yeah. then whatever was written in the caption that would then lead them to our website. And the more in-depth conversations yeah. or interviews that you yeah. were conducting. Yeah. Uh, but we did post some of the video clips on Instagram and they tended to do quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Instagram algorithm must help right. boost right. videos yeah. a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. Uh, but we had the opportunity to use stuff like IGTV to post mm-hmm. films that the artists made. And, you know, we used our stories to promote who was next and, to promote who was on now. And I think, you know, we tried to utilize all the areas of Instagram that we could um, just to get the most out of it, basically. And we wanted to grab these people. Like I said before, it's an easy way to create a network. And especially during COVID time, everyone was online. They had basically no other option um, to be in contact with people or to view things. They were there. They were a ready, accessible audience. So you had, a, this is it. This is what I was actually going to talk about next is audience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how how you started to grow that audience yeah. through these uh, interview series and then further develop yeah. uh, other projects in regards I to think, the dispensary. I think our first initial audience base was students. Um, obviously, we showed our connection with it. So friends and, you know, peers would attach themselves to the gallery on the basis of knowing us and being involved with the university themselves. And then obviously started to develop into the artists we were showing. Um, And then obviously when they had their interview put out, their network would see it because they would promote us to their network. And I think it grew like that. But now we're seeing, I don't know, I think we're seeing more diversity in our audience in a sense of yeah it's still mostly artists and other galleries that came up during lockdown and um students and students of other universities as well but i think 
it's more people now that you wouldn't sort of expect. Mm-hmm. So it's artists that we want that we're not connected with, and sometimes even like bigger mm. artists, bigger gallery, galleries, bigger and galleries like that, yeah. and stuff like that. They're starting to notice us, right? And I think it is a sort of when you grow, you gain a reputation a little mm-hmm. bit more, mm-hmm. and I think you start to tap into a lot more networks to get your name out there a bit more. That's great because networks are so important. Yeah. It's particularly, you know, you're 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 just a, you're kind of the, there's just the two of you. Yeah. Kind of currently running the dispensary. Mm-hmm. And um and I suppose through through your, you know, the, the 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 type of projects that you're running on Instagram and on your websites, you start to connect with other very similar yeah. um curatorial uh, groups, etc. So, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that building of a network through through the dispensary. I mean, we're 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 very active in our conversation. So, for me personally, I couldn't possibly see a scenario where we were to put a digital or a physical exhibition on, and there'd be no conversation, mm-hmm. and there'd be no connection and communication between ourselves and the artist, the collective, whatever it would be. And I think that that only translated onto digital anyway, from you know, as we've mentioned before, the coordinating where you have to speak to people, you have to kind of network through those artists that are displaying because you've got to, you know, you've got to make sure they've got everything they need and they've got to make sure we're okay and stuff like that. So that, that's that gone straight into the digital connections because, I mean, particularly to mention Gallery 32, we've come up at exactly the same time as them and we've been constantly communicating with them. And, you know, there's there's a real network in that because now... Gallery 32 have done a press article with somebody and then they've contacted us because we've been recommended. And those kind of connections that then get us to access kind of the London scene. I mean, we're in a small town in Wrexham and Gallery 32 is in London, but we're now in London, you know, and it very much is like that. We're now in Canada through somebody from the from the interview series. We're in, you know, Palestine. We're in all these different places that have just happened to have had communication and that that networking has come purely on the basis that we are very conversational mm-hmm. and it's very much just a you know sometimes we probably get a bit irritating but it's it's you know i like to talk to them yeah and i like to know that that not they're okay but i like to know that they're as engaged as i am yeah and they're as kind of engrossed in the I suppose behind the scenes stuff as well as I am. And that's kind of a, you know, a real key for me. Yeah, I think we're very supportive of the artists as well. So if they get in touch with a piece of work that that they've made or they tell us something further about something they mentioned in their interview, we remember that. And, you know, we've got the opportunity to show them physically, potentially now, or promote their work further. Because we've done a lot of um, promotion on work that has come from what they mentioned in their interview. We will still share that and we will still act as, I want to say, like a friend to the mm. artist. Very much so. A support, yeah. a support yeah. and also yeah. kind of extending the network. Yeah. You know, we want to we wanna help promote them. Yes. Because yes. we wouldn't be where we are without them mm. in the first place. Mm. You know, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have work without them. Mm being part of our series. So we should, you know, we owe them mm. as much, you know, if not more than what. No, yeah, and there's, there's a real relationship in that. And there's a real kind of maintenance of networking, if not uh-huh. a kind of constantly growing one. 
yeah. on the basis that our relationships with the artists we've worked with, I don't think there's one we've ever had a problem. There's not one that we've ever had kind of a butting of heads. It's always been a constantly shifting, ever morphing type conversation that yeah. has now kind of, I suppose, almost given birth to our first physical exhibitions. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, this is something, you know, I want to now go on to. I mean, we, we, what we're getting an idea of now is uh, the type of philosophy behind a dispensary as well, yeah. uh, particularly with, you know, how, from your beginnings as being, you know, graduates of the fine art program. So artists in a sense, and then working into the, the kind of understanding of, of a curate curating yeah. as much as kind of producing work mm -hmm. um so what is the future for the dispensary uh within i know we can talk about it you know maybe within the next two two years or so what's 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 what you what are you, what are you planning um i think there is going to be probably uh quite a rapid program yeah because uh i have a tendency to not be able to kind of have the attention for a three-month exhibition. <laughs> I don't have that kind of, I don't know what to call it. I want to move on to the next thing and start the next conversation. So our, our program at the minute is is quite shifting. We're talking about kind of an exhibition every two months. Okay. Very much constantly rolling around to mm -hmm. the next thing. Um, but also a lot of the back the back kind of behind the scenes ideas, there's probably going to be a digital exhibition alongside that. Yeah, we still want to remain multimodal. Yeah. Okay. We don't okay. want to dismiss this idea of online now yeah. just because we can physically exhibit. You I know, see. we have built ourselves online. Mm. We're not going to abandon that audience now. Yeah, because those those will be digital artists. So our, our, our main, I suppose, philosophy, if we were to really pinpoint it, on the basis of what's happened over the last kind of two years, we will create a digital platform for digital artists who are building work in these platforms. Yeah. And we will have a space for physical artists who are making work and producing work for the physical spaces. Mm -hmm. And there's, if there is a chance to cross over and a collaboration to cross over, we're open to that. But I think what we can do is we can kind of, we have a balancing act and maybe that it's kind of a, Maybe there'll be a you know an addition to the team with somebody who's maybe more digitally in, you know inclined, mm -hmm. but we want digital platforms because we're not going to forget them. You know we we've written essays on them. We've we've spoken about kind of their limitations. We're talking to people now about how we can maybe produce a platform ourselves right. that will do something better than Instagram does and better than the platforms we're currently given and do. Um, and but w our physical exhibitions are still going to be you know. We want to curate all of it, yeah, and, so we, and we want to be a part of all of it. This is great because this idea of the multimodal yeah. idea of ex exhibiting and and and, and also I get, I get a sense of you really wanting to 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 understand what the artist is doing and how they yeah. how, what their practice is about, mm -hmm. and also about who they are as a, as a person as well. I get that real sense of a, a kind of wanting to share and and help and nurture mm -hmm. and support support mm -hmm. artists. I mean, also, I, I, I have to note as well, from the from the interview series, you, you have now gone on to produce a book. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of a, we'd finished it. And I suppose we turned around and went, we've got something digital. It's there. It's in its archive. It's, it's kind of finished. And it's, you know, it's great. Why don't we also have something that physically archives it? Yeah. Because we are a multimodal system 
and a multimodal framework, we couldn't just have all our stuff online. Yeah. You know, I, I have quite the, the cynical thing of someone could turn the internet off at one point and then all our stuff's gone. <laughs> you know, that type of scenario where at the click of a button, it could be gone. Yeah. And, you know, a physical copy of, of the interview series only allows us to kind of have it as a frame of reference for the uni. You know, we are connected to an institution and students can access this book and, you know, take these references that we so desperately tried to get from it. Yeah. That it only benefits the students, the artists, they will be, you know, they will be receiving a copy which kind of physically physically archives it for them as well. Yeah. And there's that, you know, that same satisfaction that we had when we finished the degree show coordinating it they will hopefully get and we will hopefully get when that book is in our hands yeah. of we've made something. Mm -hmm. I think as well because it was something, I mean, it was our first exhibition in a sense, like professionally. Yeah. And it was, I don't know, it felt almost, I don't know, it, it felt like we couldn't just leave it. Mm. It felt like we had to do something special with it yeah. and we had to, you know, we had to fix it in stone. We had to commemorate it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, celebrate it. Yeah, yeah celebrate. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, so I think it was. I feel like it was like the best option for us to go. We're going to make this into a book now. Yeah. Physical. We're going to yeah. make it physical. Yeah. And I think it almost. I feel like it might even make it a little bit more special and mm -hmm. a little bit right. more feel more uh, important yeah because yeah. it's now it's now a book that always feels a little bit like i mean you get special. lost in the digital space don't you yeah it's there and it's yeah it, it, you know it, it's there in that digital space and it won't go away until either we kind of you know until we remove it or or, or whatever whereas a book once that kind of, you know, if we, when we get the IBSN number, that goes into the British Library. That sits there. We're there. Forever, our, our book is there yeah, until the someone removes it. And it's, you know, somebody could pick that up and it, it could do wonders. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It can open up a new and it's, series it's physical. of introducing artists to... Uh, yeah. yeah, because I think people are more... I, I don't know, it, it's, it's difficult, but I think there is something about a book being physical, being able to open it. And, mm -hmm. you know, our book is very much a pick up and read a couple of interviews and put down. You don't read back to front. The yes, in, you yeah. know, the integrity of the exhibit of the interviews has been kept. So you will have, you know, the script uh -huh. as a form of writing. You yeah. will have almost like a transcript. You will also have people who have written specifically almost yeah. like a book. Fantastic. So that, that you know, but the one thing that remains, remains kind of, I suppose, consistent is the five questions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they're approached differently, yeah. you know, the point is still there. Yeah. They're still telling you how they've adapted positively. Yeah. And, you know, what are the benefits they've got about Fantastic. of being in lockdown, being mm. stuck in their house? Yeah. That's absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much. I'm just going to now talk a little bit about um, you're studying for an MA in creative production and curatorial practice. Yeah. So tell us about this and tell us maybe about, you know, why you applied yeah. um, and, and what you're currently doing on the programme. I think, I think I can speak for both of us again when I say we were very much involved in curation mm -hmm. and we thought it can only 
better us to have mm. a grounding in theory. Right, right. And to learn a little bit more about the history and, like I said, the theory behind things. Mm. And to expand our knowledge on the subject. We could only do what we knew. And I think when you're in an institution that the point is to learn about this subject, you can only better yourself and you can only learn more ways of approaching things and get new opportunities. Right. I think we started, you know, the dispensary is a great thing that we're involved in. Yes, so sort yeah. of, you know, we ha we already have this sort of foundation of curation and we are basing a lot of our knowledge on that and our experiences from that are applied onto the course. Right. But also we're reflecting back on the things we learn, putting it into the dispensary as well. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we're learning about ethics and um, history and theory and audience and marketing. Yes. And this can only help grow the dispensary even more. And you're visiting a lot of galleries yeah. and museums. Yeah. And but kind of talking to people who are you know, working within those institutions. Yeah, but we're also making them aware of the dispensary as well. Yeah. We're reaching these people in professional physical gallery spaces. Yeah. They're becoming aware of what we're doing and it's only opening their network up to us as well. Fantastic. That's great. I mean, you know, you know, I think we're coming to the end now of, yeah. of, of, of our, uh, our, our podcast, but I just want to kind of maybe kind of throw out a few um, a kind of like a quick round session <laughs> yeah. of, of kind of uh, uh, answer uh, question answers. And um, so I'm just going to ask you, uh, Chloe and Ryan, I mean, what museums and galleries do you visit again and again and again? Fact. Fact. Fact in Liverpool. Got a great exhibition on at the minute called The uh, Future Ages Will Wonder. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Fantastic. Chloe? Uh, I think oh, I always go back to the Tate. I right. always go back to the, the Tate just to Tate see. Tate Liverpool? What, Tate, Tate Liverpool, okay. yeah. Tate Modern. They've got Flatlands on at the minute, haven't they? Just that, to that woven exhibition. Just to see um. what's different and mm. how they do things as a big institution. I think that really helps as well. Fantastic. And what exhibition has been most influential in your artistic uh, journey so far what's the one that you sticks in your mind i think i'll have to be annoying i don't think there's one uh -huh. i think based on my art practice in a sense of just being influenced by everything i have taken something from probably everything i've seen yeah you know we've been to numerous galleries within north wales recently as part of the ma and I have taken something from the exhibitions that are on in each institution. So that's like yeah. the Mostyn and Oriel yeah. Davis. Like there's been the there's been key little things. You know, the way that blanket coverage in Oriel Davis is, yeah. is presented mm -hmm. is now influencing the way I look at presenting my own kind of yeah. work and things like that. So the, there isn't really one. And you have Ruth and Craft Centre. Yeah. Ruth and Craft Centre was really yeah. sort of beneficial to us, wasn't it? Yeah. And what about you, Chloe? What's what's something that's been? I think I've recently read a catalogue. Oh yes. Um, for a Dublin exhibition that was just called the Studio, ah. and it was very much based on uh, Daniel Buren's text, "The Function of the Studio." I see. And I think, I think that sort of has really stuck in my mind, specifically about um, my own practice being based around context and um, studio practice but also the curation of it. 
mm-hmm. and how Daniel Beren speaks of site specificity. Specif- I can never say this word. Specificity. Specificity. <laughs> and... Um, you know the surrounding environment of artworks and stuff like that. I think that's really sort of stuck in my mind. Well, it's okay. So there's some interesting, you know, reading suggestions. Yeah. There. I mean, Ryan, have you got a reading suggestion for anybody? Um, Something that's really kind of the future of the museum by I think it's Andre some Andre something, oh. and it's terrible that I don't know his name. <laughs> um, it's a book that you'll find in the Whitechapel Gallery in London. Right. That's where I bought it from. And it is a series of interviews about the future of the museum in the digital age. And basically how post-lockdown, how we now rebuild the museum, and particularly museums, how they, as kind of frameworks in themselves, are rebuilding and kind of transforming in in the digital age. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, thank you very much. Okay, so Ryan and Chloe, thank you so much for being in this podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been great to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and your knowledge and insights into your practice as both uh, practicing artists, but also as curators as well. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to apply for the MA in Curative Production and Curatorial Practice or any of the other amazing programs that are uh, art and design programs based at Rex and Glendore University, please visit the website at www.glendore.ac.uk where you can find out about the upcoming open days. I'll pop in and pick up a prospectus from our campus on Mould Road or Regent Street. This is Paul Jones signing off and wishing you a fantastic day.